Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals-centric, specific show. I am your co-host, Javon J. Love Adams, and as always with me is the incomparable Ed Easy Smith. Not only did he play professional baseball, but he also played professional football as well. He is a veteran of the NFL. What is good, sir? And another week. Glad to be sitting with you, brother. And we got a special guest with us today. Yeah, man. It's like we we have this dude on. We do uh, so much cross-talk and cross-promotional things with each other. It's like when you walk in this, after a while, you walk into your partner's house and they, you don't ask, can I get some water or where the cups <laughs> right. are? You just go and do what you do. But it's the one and only casual E. Earl Burnett, the uh, yeah. the the CEO, the editor, the founder, all that stuff of KSRNAZ.com. Also, he is on the Believe Network as well. What is the name of the Sun Show? What, what's your Sun Show called? Just Believe in the Suns. Okay, you know, you're real, real, real creative. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what, though? The guy that did that for me told me that it had to be called that. Otherwise, I would have named it something else. No, I would have just, yeah, I, yeah, just take it take it oh, out of my yeah, hands sometimes. Yeah, you now that you told me that, I'm going to go, yeah, I might change that up a little bit. That is kind of like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's how we do it. But not only does he know about basketball, professional basketball, but he also knows everything about the Arizona Cardinals as well. And uh, not everything. <laughs> so we're about to have a good time on this uh, on this show we are looking back on we what we do is we look back on the previous game we we kind of take some of the the uh the topics that come as a result of that as we reflect on the game and then of course we look ahead to what's going on in the for the upcoming week uh for this week as we look back it was uh it might be about opportunity loss not opportunity cost i, I got a little bit of a economics in my background opportunity cost no it's opportunity lost um with the loss to the miami dolphins so we'll get into that a few different things that i want to talk to throw at my esteemed panel here talking about the the you know cornerbacks the the defense regressing um kyler murray and where where we think he is a lot of folks i i heard things people were saying that kyler thinking kyler murray is a is a superstar already and it's in and, and, and that we're just holding him back I just some some thoughts on that um looking ahead of course to the Miami Dolphins um the the return from uh, for a, a couple of uh, key players on defense not only cornerback but linebacker um what difference if anything will that will that make um you know the the just the the play calling or or the aggression or lack thereof and so we'll get into a lot of that as we look ahead to their facing the Buffalo Bills it's been what two or three years in the making in terms of the Buffalo Bills being on a positive trajectory when it comes to really trying to make a name for themselves and and get back to I guess how the the Buffalo Bills used to be so long ago but before we get into that, the NFL is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. I was actually looking at that line with the with the Cardinals and the uh, Cardinals and the Bills, and it's only one 
the 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 bills are are um, uh, favored minus one so it's going to be interesting maybe uh maybe a little bit high scoring we, we shall see but from game uh from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online and we know there's always the online casino as well because it never closes so Get uh, get in on the action today. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. 34-31. If I'm not mistaken, that was the score of the Cardinals when they beat, uh, when no, was it something similar when they beat the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, but you know, they, they came out on top. We didn't come out on top. Let's, I want to just, kind of, let's take it from, um, let's start with, let's start with coaching and play calling your mm-hmm. thoughts. As we reflect on this game, I'm going to start with you, Ed, what did you, in terms of looking at that game that, as we always like to say that something wasn't quite curling, right, curling quite right. And, and that seemed to be what was happening in terms of, you know, players getting through the line, not being able to wrap up to a tool was again, in the, only in the second start, um, people that I heard that were very critical of Tua on uh, on national airwaves last week were saying, well, you have to understand he's a very talented young man. And so all of a sudden taking a 180 degree turn, but your thoughts on the defense and we'll, you know, dig a little bit deeper as we go, but your thoughts on the defensive side of the ball for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, you know, it was one of those games, and I think Brother Earl will uh, probably agree with this. This was a game and we talk about it all the time of, we didn't see the adjustments. We didn't see in-game, okay, they're doing this, let's do that. They're taking this away from us, let's counter with this. It was kind of one of those things where, at least in my opinion, they came in with a game plan and was semi-successful with it early, and they just stuck with that the entire game. You know, same route combination, same you know plan of attack in terms of the running game, which, you know, I was in – Pressed, you know, they got Edmonds the ball enough. Uh, but I think even late in the game, I think either or both of you will agree with me. There was a, a an instance where we needed one yard or so, right? Yeah. And in normal instances, you have a big back like Kenyon Drake, right? So what do you do? You let him run the ball between the tackles. You pick up that one yard. If you don't have that option, you don't go with Edmonds trying to scat outside. You know, these guys are shooting gaps, slanting, everything like that. And you basically run right into their arms. If, if you're not going to run Kyler Murray, then don't run Edmonds. That was my opinion. So, you know, long, long and short of what I saw was just a total lack of, like I said, making the proper adjustments throughout the game. And I really got something for you, uh, 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 I guess what I want to call uh, an observation for you guys uh, later on. I think it'll fit right in as well. But that was my initial take after watching the game. We, we, we had an opportunity to win that game. Uh, we let Miami come in here with a rookie slash second game quarterback and beat us. And that's to me, we, I think we talked on Saturday on the, on the show, like that's one of those things you can't let happen. And we allowed it to happen. What do you think Earl? Yeah. From a defensive standpoint, I did not like the defensive game plan. When you, when, you, when you're talking about what Ed just said, you're playing a rookie. The game plan should not be, let's see what he's got. Let's let him do his thing and see if we can, you know, because he's going to make a mistake. Waiting for the rookie to make the mistake was the wrong game plan. You should have came in with an attack, 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 attack type of mentality, and they didn't come in like that. And then they started his game, and they let they let Tua get comfortable. And Tua got so comfortable 
he just started making throws like like a veteran, you know. And by the time we got caught up until we trying to get him rattled, he was already comfortable. But then, you know, we did some things later in the game. Some some blitzes came to him and forced him to have to throw the ball away and all that type of thing. But if you come out early on the rookie and come out and attack him early, I thought that we probably had a chance to, you know, get him rattled just a little bit. But Vance kind of sat back and let him kind of pick us apart. How can so, you do that after – what we did to Russell Wilson, Wilson a couple yeah, weeks ago. Last like, la- how yeah, can you? Yeah, yeah. How can you have such a conservative no approach idea. with a young quarterback in here? I, I can understand this is Russell Wilson because you don't want him to get burnt because he's seen it, he's done it. You're probably not going to be able to show him anything that's going to rattle him. Exactly. How do you let? How do you see that success a couple weeks ago and not think we're not going to do like we're not going to you know repeat it, meaning run every same scheme, but we're going to do some stuff. That's just going to be even more, like you said, uh, Earl, to create the havoc and get him uncomfortable. He he looked like a seasoned veteran back there. Nice. Watching him go from read to read, most quarterbacks, right. rookie quarterbacks, I mean, they're out there and they're looking at that one and they're, they're hitting that eject button. Exactly. This dude, we let him sit back there and he was like, one, two, two. three. <laughs> and no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. He went through progression. Progression. The rookie went through progression. One. Two, three, oh, he's open. Bam. I'm like, what the yeah. hell is that all about? And <laughs> same thing, our defense has always been. Our whole, our whole team pretty much is is the OTI effect. I call it OTI. It's overthinking it. And that's all <laughs> we do. Cliff is overthinking it with the offense, and Vance is definitely overthinking it with the defense. Just do what you do. And if they beat you, okay, they beat you fair and square, but at least put some pressure on this kid. He went through that first drive, his first drive. Fake, fake to his right, to his left, and then came back to the middle. <laughs> like that rookie ain't supposed to do that mm-hmm. without no something disrupting that. I mean, it was it was it was crazy. But uh, if they'd have came out with an attack from the beginning, then I think we probably would have the game the game the game uh, uh, the, the the look the, the whole outlook of the game would have been different. But we did the game plan stunk from the beginning from, from a defensive standpoint. So in the show notes, what are one of the questions that I put was, did the defense regress? And so I guess both of you just say, no, it's not necessarily the defense regressing. It's the scheme and the play calling from the coaches on the D on the coach on the defensive side. Then in my opinion, I would say, yes, I, I can't say we're digressing when we already were kind of depleted to begin with. We had some guys out cornerback wise. We had some guys out, but if, <laughs> The deep, if it, yeah, the coaching staff. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning. I'm putting that on the coaching staff. You got to be prepared a little bit, especially when off a of bye week. You coming off a of bye week to, to to game plan against a rookie, and that's what you put on the field. That that was embarrassing to me from a so, coaching standpoint. So I want to ask this because this has been, especially after the game, and this was said by multiple players. Uh, Ed, you've been you've been in the locker room. The energy has been has been the the buzzword over and over again. Didn't have the energy. Didn't have the energy. Whose job is it to bring to to be to get somebody? Is it the player's job to come ready to play and energize, or is it the coaches? Or what percentage? What what percent um, of responsibility does that fall? Because I I keep hearing this. The players say, "Well, we weren't ready today. We you know we it looked like we had we were doing the right things during the week in terms of coming in a in a bye week and being and exercising and hitting the gym and doing different things and working with our position coaches, etc." But the energy wasn't there. What where does that where does that responsibility lie? Players can you know they can make all the excuses they want. They're the ones that are out on the field, but you got to remember this. 
people think that you show up on Sunday and everybody gets energized. The tone is set on Wednesday. The first day you come in after watching film on Monday, you get your day off on Tuesday. The tone for that week is set on Wednesday from the very first meeting uh, of that day all the way through the first practice, then the rest of the week. It's all established then. And sometimes you look, you know, you talk about teams that get, they start looking ahead. That's because they're not taking this week serious. And that starts on Wednesday, Thursday, which are the intense that will lead back in our day. They used to be intense. We actually used to be able to put equipment on and hit each other back in the day. So maybe it's a little <laughs> different now with, you know, all these walkthroughs and virtual this and all that kind of stuff. But the tone is set on Wednesday. It carries through the week. And by the time you get to Sunday, that's like eating dessert. That's like after having the meal. Right. You don't get the Sunday and all of a sudden, okay, let's get fired up, boys. If you haven't gotten it ready and everybody's been yep. in their playbook and they're fired up to play this week, it's hard to generate it on game day. This is seven, something that's like a misconception, like everybody gets to the stadium, then all of a sudden we get hyped. Now the coaches <laughs> got to get everybody ready. <laughs> coaches got to get everybody ready throughout the week. And you can tell, especially those rivalry games, when I, you know, when I was playing with like uh, Philly, or, you know, we had the Washington football team coming up. Or when I was in Atlanta and we had the the, 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 the uh, Saints. Saints coming up, you knew that was intense from start to finish. And it's sometimes tough to get those, you know, you got a Miami coming in out of division, you know, so it's, you know, I know you got two coming up, but you just came in off this big win. That is the coach's responsibility from start of the week to the end to remind everybody, hey, we got a job to do. Let's start doing it now. Let's not start thinking about it on Sunday. So, yes, it is the coach's responsibility, but it's also the, the responsibility of some of the leaders on the team, meaning your you know, captains, et cetera, et cetera. But, like I said, it's set early in the week, and it's hard to manufacture once you get, like I said, to Sunday. What do you think about that, Earl? Uh, he said it perfectly. That's, it has to start during the week. If, it, if you don't see it during the week, from every guy, especially your leaders. Your leaders have to be leading the whole locker room, everything. If they're not doing it, then, of course, the, the followers are going to not. They're going to come out just as, you know, lethargic as the leader is. I think today's today's sports guy or today's athlete is a little too spoiled to be, to begin with, the starters. I mean, go back to our day when I, to make a team. If you, if you didn't show energy coming into a game, you got pulled from that game and you didn't play. And that, and that was the, the – Best weapon you could use against any athlete is to pull the minutes. If, if you ain't bringing it, you don't get the minutes. And, and I think we need to go back to that. I think I don't care what player it is, DeAndre Hopkins. If you out there lethargic, which he does look sometimes, lethargic, uh, just got you. Man, get out the game. Get out the game. And and you pull them. Coaches need to start doing that again. But our coach don't have the heart to do that. Mm. There might be some guys like Belichick that could probably do that. But our coach, no, he wouldn't do nothing like that. So okay. I think we need to go back to that because. How can you come to a game like that with no energy? I mean, I don't get it. I mean, so let's let's transition to still keeping in kind of with that energy theme and talk about Cliff Kingsbury. So when we we talked about Ed mentioned it a little bit in terms of with Edmonds, one of the there were so many people. I, th- I think you were you were excited about this Earl in terms of see, seeing what Edmonds could do. Didn't came out and didn't didn't perform anywhere near what expectations were. Um, the I mean, is it play calling? Is it is it just it seems at times a, a disconnect between maybe DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. You hear about, is there some type of disconnect there off, off the field or, you know, during the week in terms of practice, those types of things. Um, his uh, Kyler Murray's uh, 
pause, long pregnant pause at the end of the game, uh, maybe trying not to say the wrong thing, but sometimes that the long pause is everything that you, everything you need to say without saying it. But your thoughts on Kingsbury, there's, I'm per, I don't mind somebody saying, Hey, I'm not perfect. I'll, I'll do better. But I will say that I subscribe to this. It seems that he's saying that every week about the same things that are coming up. And that seems it's not, it's not necessarily a one-off. It seems to be, it seems to be maybe more of a trend or a concern. I'll start with you, you Earl, and then, uh, and then go to you, Ed, in terms of your thoughts, just from on the offensive side and then kind of Kingsbury's, I guess, leadership or lack thereof as a coach. Yeah, um, the offensive uh, side of the ball, as far as Chase Edmonds is concerned, you guys know this, and Ed, you probably know this better than, than, than either us, I mean, than we would, and that's sometimes you just play a better defense. That's That just happens. That has nothing, it, has, it has nothing to do with how bad Chase ran in that guy. I thought that, that they couldn't make a hole for him. I thought that, that uh, Dolphins' defensive line was just that good, mm-hmm. and he couldn't find the, the room to run. And therefore, knowing that you're just going into a box and just jumping into the pile and coming out of there with a yard and a half every time you get the ball, why would that be the play you run on a fourth and one? It, that, that was the part that got me with Cliff was, okay, the thinking, overthinking it, like I said before, overthinking it, overthinking it. It did not make any sense to me to see a undersized running back run into a seven or eight man box on fourth and inches from the shotgun <laughs> shotgun all the time. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. I'm, I just knew for sure. He was going to do an RPO with, with, with uh, Murray on that play. And he handed it off. I'm like, Oh damn, that, there, there goes the game. And it just did not make any sense to me. He, Kenyon Drake is built more for that type of thing. First of all, you hit the hole and your, your body mass will get you at least an inch or two. Chase was too small. <laughs> that, that, that offensive line hit that defensive line hit him and he went backwards that was it game over so i mean cliff cliff just overthought that one i should he should have kept the ball in murray's hands and you talk about murray's first frustration after that game it wasn't to nobody else but that call and that missed kick everybody's overblowing this he's mad at hopkins he was not mad at hopkins in that game i watched that tape three times him and hopkins are still dabbing each other up at the end of that game cool with each other like i've seen that with my own eyes so everybody stop all the madness trying to make something happen here there's nothing happening between those guys his frustration was why wasn't the ball in my hands at the end of the game why am i looking at a kick that's coming up short and i should have just we went for fourth down all game long we went for fourth down twice on that drive and now we just you know, get conservative. And, and he told Cliff, man, don't get conservative. I got you. And he didn't listen to him. And that's where his frustration is right now. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, as you guys know, last week when we were talking about the absence of Kenyon Drake, I was talking about the difference in the styles of running with uh, Chase Edmonds. And that is exactly my, my, what I was trying to kind of illustrate in terms of it's all, it looks cute when it's a combination, right? You know, you got Drake out there doing all the muddy stuff in the middle and then you Thunder get the lightning. Exactly. And you get Edmonds out here and he's electrifying on the outside. You have to carry that whole load, bro. And you got to do it right. all. It becomes a different game. And we, we were minus that, you know, toward the end of that game. I, and just like you, Earl, like, what are you doing? You're running. When they ran that play, I thought, Whoa, whoa! I, that that looked like I was like they didn't just do what I think they did, right? But they did it, right? <laughs> yeah. now, I'm gonna throw something at both you guys right here. Okay. 
where is Flores from? Brian Flores, where does he come yeah, from? New England. New England. Right? So yeah. from the school of Belichick, and we've had some of the other coaches out there from the Belichick tree, and you're like, damn, that just don't look like Belichick. It don't, you know, they, they want to sound it and they want to do it, you know, but they, they can't be Belichick. What I'm seeing from Flores, though, what does Belichick do every single week? He goes and he tries to take your number one weapon away. Yeah. Right. Ryan Flores came in here with a plan to limit DeAndre Hopkins, however he had to. If somebody else gets off, so be it. But we're not going to let him explode and blow this game up. And then force your coach, the opposing coach, to do what? To make adjustments. Right. <laughs> so just like you said, Earl, uh, he, he got out coached right. by someone who had a game plan and kept re- evolving that game plan. And we stuck with our game plan all the way through. And in the end, like I said, we just didn't make enough plays. We missed the kick, came up short, et cetera, et cetera. But by all intents and purposes, all through the week, everybody was telling us, this ain't even going to be a game. We had right. everybody tell us, this was supposed to be, right. what, 31 right. to 10. <laughs> They're going to get blown out. Was- yeah, I'm not pointing at you, but I'm just saying, oh, you know. I know. Yeah, no. but so – by right, they should not even it should not even have been a game, but because of the coaching of Flores and the Miami Dolphins performing and coming in with a little more fire, that's how we lost. Because right. X and O X's and O's are one thing, but sometimes you gotta take them X's and put them in different places and put them O's in different places. Right. We didn't do that all through the game. We just ran our game plan. They can, I mean, you talked about it earlier. What we should have came out firing on all cylinders right. at to it we didn't do that then you know they go on the other side and they're like we're gonna limit deandre all through the game where shading coverages rolling it whatever it was and that was partly why he looked a little frustrated because he knew what was going on and they had no secondary secondary blow they i mean they just kept taking left lefts and rights to the ribs and the kidneys and they never countered and that's what happened keep going looking at your coach and you, and you keep coming back to, to continue the boxing analogy you come at the end of the at the end of the round and you're looking at your your your, your trainer and you saying what's good and he's saying keep doing what you're doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> so hey, when, when, when he throws that right duck <laughs> Uh, so believe in the Arizona Cardinals. We have we are joined again by our brother, uh, Casual E Earl Burnett from KSRNAZ.com. And so uh, let's transition and start to talk about the uh, the the matchup this week with uh, as the Cardinals are going to New York, up, upstate New York, to face the Buffalo Bills, the seven and two Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, when you're looking at their as as they approach this, they're 14th in the league in terms of points for now points against. It's a little bit interesting. Their defense is it's it's a it's around middle of the road, a little bit worse than that, but nineteenth, uh, giving up twenty five point nine points a game. So, on paper, it's one of those things where you look. It could be one of those um, high scoring games, but the thing is, we know with the Cardinals, with their the I think the the area of opportunity that, or the area of biggest concern will be on the defensive side of the ball, the cornerbacks, um, because that this might be where Josh Allen takes advantage and really starts to push it one thing that was interesting uh, i watched a little bit of that game and i think that uh and i think we all talked about this on uh, the neutral zone as well but that the cardinals gave people the blueprint on how to attack seattle seahawks and you saw seattle 
uh, you saw Seattle fall to the same things because right. because Buffalo was able to kind of take that blueprint and be able to use it against Seattle themselves and come up and really provide pressure. But your thoughts on how this will play out? Um, you have a, a big, strong quarterback that can do his thing. He's mobile enough to do what he needs to do. So your thoughts on how you see this game playing out? We'll start with you, Ed. Well, you know, the it's just funny. These teams get a look at back-to-back, you know, NFC, meaning the Bills, they get a chance to see uh, the uh, Seattle Seahawks, and they get to roll right into us, two very similar teams in terms of our quarterback style of play. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to be a little more explosive than Seattle. They try to kind of ground and pound it sometime. But the the Bills, their defense is, you know, it, it's hit or miss sometime. But when they come to play, they come to play. And I feel like a fool for picking Seattle last week at the last minute. You know, my instinct was like, look, Buffalo's going to get after it. You know, they didn't necessarily slow the train down, but they halted it just enough. And then when you got uh, Josh Allen thrown for 415 yards and they didn't even have their <laughs> running game going, Man. imagine if they come in here with their running game and he's on point. You, got, you always have to worry about him, you know, being either on or off. But if you get good Josh Allen yeah. and you get – you know, that running game coming in here, we could be in for a long day. I mean, this, right. and it's funny because, you know, we, you get those, you go through those peaks and valleys of the season. Remember just a few weeks ago, it was like, you know, man, this, you know, five in this, you know, we could do it. And then I mean, you look at this upcoming portion of the schedule, you, you lose one, you should have won against Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Buffalo coming in here. We still got, you know, a a long road to hoe. This season could turn on us quickly. And that's why this is a really, really important game for the Cardinals. Most of the time I say, well, it's not how you play, you know, if you win or lose, you know, it's how you play. Now, at this point in the season, man, if you have goals and aspirations, now it becomes we don't hope to win that game. We better win that game because then it can take your season and just send it in a different direction. Uh, This game is going to be really competitive. The Bills, man, they – I can't say that I wouldn't be surprised they come in here and get this one. The Cardinals are going to have to be on their A game. You think like game like Miami, you could play your C game, but made the right adjustments and still won that game mm-hmm. against the Bills. They come in here playing, you play your C game, you can get some doors blown off. All right, what you thinking, Earl? <laughs> well, from somebody that has been watching this team and covering this team for so long, they have an mo that's a pattern. The teams that are the good teams. They play them tough, and they play them, you know, hey, if we lose to a good team, we just lose to a good team. When they play the bad teams, the teams they should beat, they play down to that competition. This is going to be a game they're going to get up for. Now it's like, oh, it's time to get up. You got my attention now. It's it's, it's one of those type of games. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to just go in and win it, but I'm just saying they're, they, they will be there. They will have their attention span, oh, this is a big game, instead of, Oh, it's Miami, or it's oh, it's oh, it's Carolina, oh, it's just, just Detroit, and they, they usually play down to their competition. This game is going to come down to one thing, in, in my opinion. <laughs> if you did listen to Pete Carroll last week talking about he wasn't prepared for them to pass the ball all every down, what well, do you a coach? What are you supposed to be? <laughs> but this game is going to come down to that. Can we we have to game plan against Josh Allen throwing the ball throwing the ball? And what do you do when you game plan against him? You got to take away his two best weapons, and that's what it's going to come down to. When you go back to the Chiefs loss and the t- Titans loss from for uh, the Buffalo Bills, the main thing that was in that game was the corners held up against uh, Diggs in that game. The corners held up against his slot guys in that game. If our corners come in playing like they played this week, this is going to be a blowout. 
I mean, hmm. Buffalo's going to put points up on the board. Not saying, I mean, Cardinals can put points up as well. I mean, we can match guys point for point, but this is going to come down to we got to we have to rattle Josh Allen and get him off his spot. And the scary thing about this this game to me, he can run the ball. Yeah, he can run the ball just as my not probably not as well as Kyler can, but he 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 can eat you alive running the ball too. So I see this is going to be a battle. It's going to be a close close game, but it's going to come down to coaching and can our corners hold up against. Stefan Diggs and John Brown in the slot. If we can't hold up against them guys, we're done. And getting Byron Murphy back is going to help because he is our best. He is our best cover guy on our team. And yes, I'm saying that. Even Patrick Peterson. Yes, Byron Murphy is our best cover guy on our team because he can cover that slot guy and he can move to the outside and cover the outside guy too. He's a little bit handsy. He might pick up a few penalties here and there, but he's aggressive and he's right there on those receivers when the ball's in the air. Everybody else. And the ball's in the air. He's like, let him catch it first. Then I'll come running in. <laughs> and Patrick's playing like that, too. Look at the tape. Look, no, Everybody knows that I'm not lying. Look at the tape. I watched that, that play that he could have made on the ball and probably knocked the, that third and nine down when two was throwing from his end zone. Right. And that would have been a big play to turn the tie because we had just taken the lead in that game. Bam, Patrick overruns the route, sees him throwing it, then – reacts late, comes back and just throws his hand out there. I'm like, and then he took the wrong angle on the wrong side of the ball. I'm like, the dude's technique is just shot. I don't know if he just lost it or not. I don't know what's going on with Patrick. But from the from my standpoint, we have to cover receivers in this game. You're not going to win every battle, but you have to do a good job at taking away his favorite targets. And All that's right. going to be the key to this game. So real quick, so what do we got on this one? I, I think it'll be, I think uh, Cardinals lose by three. I'm mm-hmm. thinking it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, I think the the Cardinals will lose by three, but it'll be competitive. I don't know about adjustments, but but it'll be that's that's the key with them for the rest of the season is adjustments on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Who do you think is going to pull this one out? Uh, uh, I'm, I, I, you got to be realistic. They're better. They they are a better team. Period. But sometimes a better team can make mistakes and give you opportunities to beat them. Can we take advantage of, their, of our, our opportunities to beat this team? I don't think we can because we don't coach good enough. Like you guys said, adjustments, we don't do that good enough. And for some apparent reason, we don't take pressure good enough. So this game could come down to, oh, it's 31-30, and we need the extra point, and we miss the extra point and lose it 31-30. <laughs> it, it could be just like that because our kicker, just he's, he's that kind of type of guy that can't stand up to the pressure. When the pressure's off, he's a front runner. Dude kicks it like, and how does a dang 49-yard field goal come up short down the middle? Somebody <laughs> answer that for me. How? Unless you got nervous leg. You got nervous leg, and that sucker just got, oh, I fell asleep, and you just tapped it. Did they ever figure out whether he chunked that one? You know, he, I, we, I don't know if you I guys ever figured it out yet. When you, you know, when you're golfing, yeah, and you're hitting the, the ball, yeah. you get that grass before you hit the ball, and then you, you know, I don't know. It, it, it was hilarious. Did you see him? He was like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you mean what happened? You kicked the damn ball? <laughs> Who you got in this one, Ed? How do you think it's going to play? I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I'm looking at a three-point game. I'm looking like that, oh, 37-34 or 34-31 range. Yeah, uh, the Bills points. coming out. And, and for nothing else, like I said, just the Bills, I think, do have – just as much talent, if not more. And then you talk about the coaching aspect of it. It could once again come down to 
uh, us just not making the adjustments. And you brought up something a little bit ago, just a minute ago, Earl, in terms, in terms of trying to rattle Josh Allen. Right. He's a dude, man, if you don't get him early and he starts to get off, I mean, even more so than what Tua did to us this past week, that dude could have a oh, monster game. Here's another scary thing about that matchup with Josh Allen is – the Cardinals, if they come in doing what they did the two weeks prior, blitzing like they blitz, this guy stands in there and, with the blitz and beats you with the blitz. Yeah, he will. He beats blitzes like like it ain't nothing. 66% of his passes are beating the blitz. So if we don't have another game plan outside of blitzing, we're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> we already saw what that looked like, right? <laughs> Two of wiped us out. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what our defense and what our coaching staff does with this one. Well, we appreciate uh, Casual E, Earl Burnett, for uh, stopping by. Uh, the not yeah, only the co-host of uh, Believe in the Believe in the Suns, and but also the the CEO, the founder, the editor, all that editor in chief, all that stuff at KSRNAZ dot com. And so, uh, so you always welcome, man. And then, of course, on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J Love Adams. And so, until next time, like we always say around this time, you can. Make, make sure you be easy out there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.